0: hello there friends welcome back to a brand new edition of the pod we've got a great one lined up for all of you we'll talk a little bit about wednesday night's ufc fight night event we'll talk to jorge masvidal and we will talk to rose dummy Yunus as well so stay tuned for all of that but first a reminder that season eight of 30 for 30 returns with heavy metals inside the Karoli gymnastics empire it is a groundbreaking seven-part podcast series that takes listeners on a deep dive into the lives and influence of Bella Caroli and Marta Caroli, the most successful and controversial coaches in USA Gymnastics history. Subscribe now to the 30 for 30 feed on Apple Podcasts. The whole season is now available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, listener discretion is advised. Back in your life on this Thursday, July 16th, 2020. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the pod. As always, we are presented by Modello, Modelo Especial. Root for those with a fighting spirit. So we are doing this very late night on Thursday morning following the UFC fight night in Abu Dhabi. If I'm talking a little lower than usual, it's because my family is sleeping right next door to me and I don't want to wake them up because that would not be good for me. But in any event, we just wrapped up a pretty entertaining event on paper. Uh, The main event was won by Calvin Cater. He defeated Dan Ige via unanimous decision, four rounds to one. I scored at the exact same solid performance out of Cater. He said afterwards that he wanted to fight the champ Volkanovsky next. I don't think that's going to happen, but we do have some big featherweight fights coming up uh, involving potentially Zabit Magomed-Charipov and Yair Rodriguez, Korean Zombie versus Brian Ortega. None of those fights officially announced just yet. And of course, there's still Max Holloway out there. He's ranked sixth. I suspect he probably gets the winner of those two fights who doesn't get to fight for the belt. Like if Zombie wins, I suspect he'll fight Volkanovski because they have a feud, so maybe he gets the winner of the other fight. If Zabit wins that fight, that might be weird because he lost to Zabit. In any event, I still feel like he's in the mix. It was a big win for him, big showcase fight, so good on Calvin Cater for uh, getting that victory and remaining in the mix at 145. Tim Elliott beat Ryan Benoit, a.k.a. Benoit. I scored it for. Ryan, 29-28. That was a weird one, but a fun fight nonetheless and a bit of an appetizer, if you will, for this weekend where we get Davison Figueiredo versus uh, Joseph Benavides for the flyweight title. So the flyweights are doing good things. It was one of the more entertaining fights on the card, so hopefully we're not getting rid of those guys anytime soon. Uh, Jimmy Rivera with a nice hard-fought win over Cody Stamon took the fight on eight days' notice, so that was impressive. Talia Santos, also impressive against Molly McCann, thoroughly dominated uh, the uh, the Liverpudlian, uh, so that was a great win for Talia Santos, who now improved to 16 and 1. What about Munir Lazaz, who defeated Abdul Razak Hassan? uh fight started really poorly for Lazaz, and he turned things around. That guy's got a chin, holy smokes, what a great performance in his debut. He improved to 10 and 1, and how about... Hamza Shemaev of Sweden, probably the most impressive prospect on the card, and a card filled with tons of impressive prospects, defeating John Phillips. Uh, that was as one-sided as it gets, uh, the the first UFC debutant to uh, score 100 or more total strikes in the first round of their debut. So very impressive stuff from him, very one-sided stuff. And I think that he will be a player. Remember that name, Hamza Chemaev is going to be a player in this sport. Another guy who I think is going to be a player is the miracle, Laron Murphy. He defeated Ricardo Ramos. He was shot in the neck six years ago. Bullet came out of his mouth. He spit it out, survived that. They call him the miracle. Six months later, gets his life back on track. Here he is in the UFC, picking up his first win. Had a split decision um, draw in his last fight. But uh, Murphy's a name to know out of the UK, so remember him. And uh, we had Jared Gordon with a nice victory with Paul Felder in his corner over Chris Fishgold. And on and on it went. Jack Shore with a nice win as well. So those are some of the uh, the notables. I pretty much went through all the notables right there. But in any event, it was a good card. And of course, now we turn our attention to Figueiredo Benavides On Saturday, that'll be the third of four events on Fight Island. And then we'll wrap it up next weekend with Whitaker versus Till. For now, though, I spoke to Jorge Masvidal recently, who is still very much in the news. He had that huge weekend last week. Unfortunately, he fell short against Kamara Usman. You know the story by now. Here's my conversation with Jorge Masvidal on his first interview since the loss on Saturday to Usman. Enjoy. Here we are, what, two and a half days removed from the fight. Obviously, you were upset afterwards. You handled it very well. You, you faced the music. You, you went to the press conference. But how is it sitting with you now? How do you feel about the fight two and a half days later?
1: Uh. I got the same exact fire that was burning then. I just felt like I wanted to run sprints and just fucking like blow out my lungs. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. I've been being censored this whole time. (laughs) Um, And uh, I still got that. I I woke up yesterday. I wanted to work out, so I did. I went for a nice little bike ride, played some spike ball afterwards, so I got tired then i went to the gym today i got a good weightlifting session and i'm just i got a lot of jet fuel in me and i just the only way i i, I deal with this is uh by working out or eating i don't want to get fat and stuff again so i'm gonna go work out a lot and just release my demons that way you know
0: when you say the the jet fuel and the demon stuff is that frustration like you feel like you need to get it's that out because you're mad
1: it's a combo of things it's it's you know if I would have done this, if I would have done that, you know, it's a lot of things. And and anyways, ultimately, just to be in better shape, you know, because the factor, I, a big factor on on Saturday was the gas tank, you know. So I definitely want to prove on that on all aspects of it, you know.
0: So if I can, I'd love to go to before the fight. You know, you said all the right things. You know, when we spoke on that Sunday night, right? You told us 192, and a lot was made of the 192. But you've never missed weight before, and people who follow MMA didn't really um raise too many eyebrows because we're used to that sort of thing but internally were you worried about the weight because of the travel and the quarantine and all that stuff were you putting on a strong face but internally were questioning it a little bit
1: i, I hadn't cut that amount of weight since i was at 155 pounds so i was definitely um like oh it's gonna suck but i knew i could do it because i've done it you know and the older you get the tougher you the, the harder weight could you go through you know so i definitely knew it was gonna be tough um but I knew what I signed up for, man. I knew what I signed up for. And, and I had been there, done that at 155 pounds. It was, it was part of the program to cut a large amount of water at that weight. At 173, 174 pounds, i 5% body fat once I get down to that low already. So the rest was water to get down to 156. So I used to have tough cuts there. So I I was well prepared to make a tough cut and it was tough, you know, but I, I got the job done. So I'm proud. That's something I, when I signed on the contract, I, I like to make weight. It, it feels like, cheating you know I, I felt like like man i got three pounds ago am i gonna break here and not compete for a world title and be a punk i, I signed in the dotted line whether it was six days six hours six months when you sign the dotted line your first obligation to yourself and to your opponent is to make weight you know
0: and so how close were you to not making like how difficult was it you said it was rough on friday at the uh at like the scrum yeah, I mean, after the weigh-in
1: it was rough, but let, let me say something from top to bottom from from me and Usman from to all the way on the uh, preliminaries, every guy, girl, everybody that fought on that card, bravo, applause to them. Not a lot of people know it, it was rough. You know, We were quarantined in Vegas, quarantined in Abu Dhabi since you got there in hotel rooms and and then fights. Some of these guys and girls were fighting at like 4 or 5 a.m. So they had to fly to Abu Dhabi, get adjusted with the time, and then get adjusted to be at their most alert that they've ever been at, like 4 a.m., so, hats off to a lot of these competitors, especially the young ones, because I've, I've, I've done this for a while, not to brag, but I've, I've competed in Japan five times, South Korea. I've done the overseas. A lot of these competitors might have been like their first time fighting overseas, and they did really well. And I think they handled it amazing. And the card was just stacked from top to bottom. The fights were good. Everybody got their, their money's worth, I feel.
0: Were you ever worried that you wouldn't make weight?
1: I was hurting, but I was never worried, man. I'm a dog. Once I sign that dotted line, I'm, I'm going to make the weight, you know, that I got a reputation to keep, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, how much do you think i don't know maybe you weighed yourself i don't know but how much do you think you weighed come saturday night or technically sunday morning over there
1: i, I got on the scales 184 pounds so i put back on about 14 15 pounds
0: okay and come fight time come the, you know the time that you were in the locker room were you feeling okay or did you still i mean the the weight cut was was obviously draining did you feel like you were back to yourself or were you still hurting a little bit
1: i let the world draw the conclusions when we have the rematch you know it, it's all there on papers and I'm a numbers guy, I'd rather go off numbers and stuff. It's all there on papers, you know. When my body looked like in other fights and this fight, it's all there and it's all for the for the people to, to say and judge. I don't I feel like I don't have to say it. You know, but obviously I wasn't at my best. I wasn't at a specific fight training. When I got the call six days away, I was not in, in the gym. I was more in the general conditioning phase where I was running, I was lifting weights. I was doing different things I wasn't in the mat as much I was in the mat three four times a week but my priority was to get in relatively better shape so more long distance running things like that so I wasn't a fight specific training for that until we got the call and then we started training specifically for the fight and I did the best that I could you know so I don't want to I don't want to make excuses I'm going to take nothing from Muslim because even me on six day notice fighting the world champ I am a dangerous animal I'm a effing tiger at all times and and I think you saw that, you know, it was a battle, it was a fight for real estate, and he won on the real estate side more often than not. He was able to take me to his side of the world and keep me there, so um, I don't wanna take nothing from him, but we'll leave it up to the rematch. I'll let my actions speak louder than my words, you know. I don't wanna take nothing from him. Right. and I don't, uh, I'm not the type of guy I'm not gonna sit here and make excuses either. I signed that dotted line. I know what I got myself into. I knew I had 20 hours of traveling that way. I knew it was everything that I had to do, so. Next
0: question. Yeah, I'm not trying to. By the way, I'm not trying to set you up to make excuses. Yeah, to try no, to I'm trying to paint the picture. I know what you Um, well, I'm just curious. In the process, and even come fight night, was there any part of you that ever thought, like, man, we heard about this fight Super Bowl, right? Like when Dana was doing media, July 11th, we're going to have this. Th- we're talking five, six months ago, and I know you were training a little bit. Then you took your foot off the gas once they went to Burns. Were, were you ever thinking if we just would have agreed to this deal from the beginning, I could have had a proper training camp, and none of this would have been an issue? Like, mm-hmm. did you? find yourself thinking about that at all?
1: That definitely, that is, I was uh, sitting in the sun and stuff. <laughs> These motherfuckers would have just came to a census from the, from the start, you know, and you were talking about the pay-per-view numbers and stuff. If if I would have took the original deal, this pay-per-view deal would, would have not been highly beneficial for me the way they were structuring. It just wasn't, you know? So I had to take a gamble on myself and I wanted to make sure that the gamble was fine. Don't give me that much guarantee money, but I'm, I'm going to get paid on the pay-per-view side. If I bring in numbers, I want to be, compensated for it, you know, and they wouldn't strike that deal with me the first time we struck it this time, six days away. And, uh, we were able to strike the deal. A lot of insane factors, right? Like Corona happened. So the guy gets dismissed six days away, but all these crazy things had to happen to get a deal that I felt comfortable with. You know,
0: uh, When we spoke on the Sunday before the fight um, and I asked you about agreeing to the deal and you're like, yeah, you know how it goes. You got to sign a 10 fight deal and all that stuff. However, when I spoke to your co-manager, Malki Kawa, A couple of days later, he was like, no, he just signed like a one fight addendum. It's not a long term deal that he signed. Can you clear that up for us? Uh,
1: We did not sign a long term deal. I'm being told it was for this fight, but not uh, my other contract is still in place. I think so. This is a one time offer. Yeah. One time off.
0: That's probably better for you, right?
1: Hell yeah, it is.
0: (laughs) Did you not know that?
1: To me, I didn't even know that I, I was I wasn't trying to worry about at that moment already, I was like, Am I getting taken care of this running here right now? Can I bet on myself? Can I um be brought to the table, not giving scraps? Yes, okay, good. The rest of the stuff I wasn't trying to too much to think about because I was already thinking what I have to do to cut the weight, mm. what's gonna be a strategy, how should I disperse my energy, you know, things like that. So my mind was already in another place.
0: Last thing pre fight related, um, did the time difference Mess you up at all? The fact that you were fighting at around seven, eight a.m. over there—were you successful in your effort to stay on Miami time, or did you feel a little bit off? And again, not trying to set you up—I'm just curious about the experience because it's very rare for fighters to fight in the morning like that.
1: And I think that's a great question. Like I said earlier, um, hats off to everybody. So I, yeah. I fought Japan five times, South Korea, Russia, um, England—you know—so I have a lot of overseas experience and. I know what that entails, you know, I know, I know what I got to do to get ready, having to fight to to adjust to the time period and then have your most ready at eight in the morning. You also have to adjust to that. So I have to be sleeping maybe at a different time, you know, waking up in the day, getting a little workout, then going back to sleep. So I could wake up at night, like around one, two in the morning, and then stay till like 9 a.m. wide awake and at like 8 a.m. be my most awake. So we had to play with those numbers and stuff, but everybody on the card had to do that. So uh, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying what everybody went through. Hats off because I, I I don't think a lot of people back home know because everybody had to get adjusted within the days. Mm. So it's really um, it's really like a testament to the spirit of the MMA fighter. We will we're dogs. We're gonna go out there and put on the show no matter what. That's why we're one of the fastest growing sports in the world. We're just unstoppable. I think a lot of regular human beings would not have wanted any part of the madness that took place. Just a big shout out to all my brothers and sisters that were on the card because they gave it their all. And it wasn't easy, man.
0: Was a part of the game plan to come out really strong in the first? Were you worried about the cardio affecting you? So almost trying to swing for the fences in the first round to end this early because it looked like you were definitely very aggressive early on in the fight.
1: I, I definitely knew that uh, – I'll put it like this. In, in terms that could be understood better, I, I couldn't run the mile at my best pace, let's say, right? So I couldn't do my, my regular timeouts, but I could run sprints. Mm-hmm. hard and then take a break you know like a 400 yard sprint an 800 yard sprint and then I would have to catch my breath in and then do it again that was the type of shape that I was more in so in those spots I was trying to obviously land the finishing blow so my blows were coming hard every, every time I was unless I was setting something up I was obviously trying to KO him and then recharge and then try to KO him again and things like that you know as to where Usman was ready to run them out he was able to run them out and keep that pace continuously and keep me off my game and, and impose his will and, and take it to his side of the real estate. You know?
0: Did you think you won the first round?
1: Uh, I I was just the whole time I was thinking every time, even before the first round, after the first round, I need a KO. And that's the only way I'm going to win. Mm. Because even if I'm winning, I might not have the greatest guys in the fourth and fifth round. So I'm just trying to at all times KO. You know?
0: Okay. When did you start to feel like you were losing a little bit of steam?
1: Uh, second round, like two minutes into it, my legs were like,
2: Boom, you know,
1: it, it was costing me a lot to move the legs a little bit. But it's a fight game and I know what I signed up for. It was still, believe it or not, at my most tired, having a man that's a world champion trying to come take my head off, it was still a good time. And I was still had to remind myself, wow, this is what I love to do and I'm still getting to do it, you know, mm. I'd be grateful. I think this will be one of the coolest stories that I could ever have, maybe, possibly, you know, just the outside factors of a six day notice or whatever this whole Corona pandemic crap that's going on that we're living through. I got to, to not only earn a living through this period, but go through some crazy stuff, man. I was stopping in places in the world and, and it's a very hostile time, very crazy, weird times that we're living through. So that I got to live through the experience, compete for a world title on these circumstances. I'm just so thankful, man. It was, it was quite the
0: joy. We saw a couple of uh, headbutts. The the cut up here, I think that's your right eye. Yeah, that one is that from the headbutt. And, and that, so that,
1: that, that was the first one that uh, uh that got me, and I got another one right here in the chin. I got some more stitches here. I don't know if this one was uh, from my elbow or punch it might have been.
0: How many stitches total?
1: I think uh, eleven.
0: Okay. Five. Um, and you mentioned the legs. Is that something that you've, you've felt in the past when you were fighting a 155? Like the legs uh, kind of going out on you very early in a fight? And, and if so, like mentally, what does that do to you?
1: At 55, it just, um, I didn't have pop. And, and you could tell once I cross over to the UC, I didn't have that stopping power no more. I heard a couple guys, but I didn't have that stopping power. I was more like a, like a second, third base hitter, where once I came back up to 70 and I was able to put in a little bit of sides and, and keep that explosiveness, I was, I'm able to catch guys. And At 55 in in training, I would feel good, you know, four weeks before the fight. But once it was those last three weeks where I was just cutting a lot of weight and not getting a lot of carbs, the power would lose. So that's one decision why I decided to come up from 55 to 70, just to to feel closer to how I felt in sparring, you know.
0: A lot of people online were criticizing him for the foot stomps. Did those affect you at all?
1: No, uh, I have a lot of conditioning. I, I kick heavy bags all the time. Uh, hit the pads all the time, you know, so fighter to fighter, we know that that doesn't do anything. You're not going to, I went bike riding yesterday, lifted weights today, that, that's not going to stop me from any capacity.
0: You know. Did he do anything that surprised you or impressed you?
1: Um, his strength, the way, the way that uh, he could just like, you know, some guys are, bam, explosive, right? And some guys are this keep that strength the whole time, you know, and he had a good grip strength. And he had a good squeeze right here where he didn't, He felt really strong, and then he was able to keep it. Obviously, he faded, he started to drop, but he was, able to keep it a, uh, he was able to keep a good percentage of his strength. A lot of guys start really strong, and as every round goes, it gradually gets weaker. He was able to sustain that strength. you know?
0: After the fight, um, you guys embraced and you shared some words, and it seemed like there was love there. Why did you feel the need to do that?
1: Um, I didn't feel the need to do it you know he looked at me, I' said something, he responded where well, I responded well, and that's it it was just it just happened it wasn't planned I wasn't going into the fight or even during the fight thinking of any of that you know it just happened um, we both uh, shared uh, an experience here, you know I said some things he said some things that's it you know
0: do you feel like the beef is over like is there no more bad blood because you guys both said it was personal going to the fight do you feel like that's gone now
1: said, no i always said it was business i never said it was personal but he did he did cross the line yeah i still believe he crossed the line but everything to me is just business in this sport man ain't nothing personal it's not personal with leon it's not personal ever when i said it i always it's never personal it's always business you know um and that's the honest truth man i mean i'm not taking this stuff into the grave you know
0: right do you feel like with him it's over
1: no, it's just begun, you know, as far as competitiveness goes, you know, as a person, I respect everybody that gets in that cage. Can't nobody tell me how, these, how hard of a life it is more than me. So everybody that gets in the cage, man, woman, child, anything, whoever they are, I respect them. I know what they go through during these paychecks. So of course I have respect for him and, and most of the competitors, 99.9% of them I have respect for. You know?
0: I saw you briefly talk to Dana in the cage. What, what did you say to him or what did he say to you?
1: Uh, we we said some things, um, you know, we'll be having a face time with Dana, hopefully soon, very soon. We're going to sit down with him, have some words, have a little meeting, a little talking back and forth, uh, see where they're at. You know, he said some good things to me and, um, let's see, I just want to sit down and talk with him a little bit, you know, pick his brain, see where we're at.
0: Uh, he said earlier today, he acknowledged that, you know, you are a pay-per-view star, Um, I don't know if you heard those comments, but do you feel like he believes in you now? Do do you feel like he wants to be in business with you and promote you and and give you what you think you deserve? Like, are you confident of this?
1: We're going to sit down and talk with him and we'll know. You know, like I always say, I'm a numbers guy. I actually speak louder than words. We'll we'll, we'll sit down and talk with him and we'll see where where they're at and, and go from there.
0: Did you have any conversations with him outside of that cage conversation throughout the week in Abu Dhabi? No. No, I don't. I don't talk to anybody. Right. I'm sure you may have seen there are reports about the pay per view. I don't know what's true, what's not, but Dana acknowledged that it did very, very well. Um, when you see this, what do you think? Obviously, you probably always thought that you were drawn, deserved a lot of money, and you wanted to bet on yourself. So that would suggest that you thought the pay per view would do well. But when you see this, is it like sort of like, hey, I told you so? What what, what goes on when you see these reports?
1: I initially didn't take the fight because I wanted to on myself. The structure of it wasn't quite right, right? You know, it wasn't how we wanted it, how a betting man that was betting on himself would get rewarded. So that was the initial nose, you know? So when they came back around, it was different. Some could say I had to leverage, you know, I guess. And we were able to strike a deal that was fair to both sides, I feel. Um, a little bit more fair to them possibly than me, you know? But... It was definitely a much better deal. And and now under this uh, how do I say the structure of pay per view, I, I feel well, you know. If I if everything comes back as the reports are saying, I feel we did really well. Your boy's gonna be compensated, you know. Not because I asked for more guaranteed money, nothing, but just the way that, that we set up the structure. I felt more a lot more comfortable with.
0: If the pay-per-view is in that ballpark, how much do you walk away with? Do you mind me asking?
1: Um what is that guy? What's his name? Like, Darnell. i what, am I forgetting his last name from, from uh, Dave Chappelle show? Darnell Rollins, is it? I don't want to say it wrong, and then he murders me here. You know, the, the guy from, from Dave Chappelle said, I'm rich, bitch! That's all I could say. That guy. I wish I, I had him right next to me, and I could have him to say it, man. You know?
0: But you don't want to talk specifics?
1: No, because we don't even have... We're all in theories right now, right? So it mm. takes you know, 90 days for those pay-per-view numbers to get back. Okay. I'm going to come back and then we can have this discussion again you know
0: okay i um, mm.
1: guy man like you know concrete solid things
0: fair to say though the biggest payday of your career yeah Okay. Yeah,
1: buddy. no matter what yeah yeah
0: when you sit down
1: I want six day notice Ariel you know I'm also a businessman I had to be worth my while
0: sure 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 I had
1: to be worth my while you know that 20 pound weight cut had to be worth my while I, had, I felt like I had to be compensated for that you know
0: You know, I talked about sort of lamenting the fact, oh, if this would have been done earlier, I wouldn't have gone through the trouble of cutting the weight, this much weight, et cetera. But do you believe that because of the short notice situation, because of the whole crazy week, that you are now even a bigger star despite losing? It almost feels like the legend has grown even more and people love you even more and and are just happy you stepped up and fought for 25 minutes, all this stuff. Have you noticed that you are even more beloved than you were going into this fight?
1: Well, if, if I was going off the, like the fan engagement, the amount of letters that we've been trying to respond back to, um, I would say, wow, huh. goodness, I inspired a lot, you know. I inspired a lot of individuals. I, I can say that I, I got some very touching letters and we're trying to respond back to them. It's, it's crazy, man. I You know, when you start the journey, you, you start fighting, especially when I was thinking about providing for me and my family. Never would, would I think that I could influence so many people and in a positive way. Crazy, just doing what I, what I love to do, compete, train for it, compete, you know, um, and stay true to my sport and to myself. I never thought I could reach so many and influence so many and in a positive way, which is something that till this moment right now, just, it just brings a lot of pride and joy to keep pushing, to keep doing things, you know. Um, I was at the gym today and it was, and it was a photo shoot, you know, and, and a lot of these kids came up to me. They were young, the baseball team, and they were like, man, I'm just so inspired. You know, and I'm like, hell yeah, you just got to get it, man. Just get after it, you know, chase your dreams with full dedication. I gave some speeches out without even knowing. I had like 20 kids listening. I'm giving speeches, you know, because they're just asking me about my journey. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll tell you, you know. So I, I never thought I, I could inspire so many in a positive way. And that's just a blessing from God. Why you?
0: Why do you think people have connected to you so much, especially now? Because, I mean, if these numbers are correct, Jorge, there's a strong case to be made that you're the, the number two biggest pay-per-view draw in the sport. And this is year 17 of your career. It's, it's unlike anything we've ever seen, let alone MMA, but sports period. Like usually when you're in year 17, you don't become a megastar. You're usually at the end of the career. You're hanging on, et cetera. Why do you think you have now developed this connection, this intense connection with the public to where they love you so much? Why do you think?
1: i'm a dog <laughs> you know a lot of people are dogs you know a lot of us um especially the ones that that might have failed they opened up a business and they failed or you know they didn't pass that test the first time they failed and they said you know what i don't give a f i'm gonna do it again i'm gonna you know, read more books and pass the test or i'm gonna put in more hours and get that promotion and that's what i get a lot at least what what i could tell you people come up to me and and, and they're in a more emotional state not just so much uh a picture, and we're like exchanging maybe like a story or, or something touching that they're telling me that, that I've done for them in their life. And what they're relating back to me is is a lot of times that I get the feedback is, is the dog qualities. I've never there's not a fight you can find that I quit. Now six day notice, I'm I'm not quitting no matter what happens. And I think people really like that that characteristic. You know that I'm, I'm a dog. Win or lose, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn from my mistakes. I'm gonna get better, and I'm gonna give you everything I got again. I'm gonna hit the reset button. I'm gonna forget about Saturday. So if we were to fight this Saturday, I would forget about all those things. Just take the positive things that I could use to fight, and I'd go back at it again with everything I got, you know. And I think that's possibly uh, the favorite characteristic I think I have that, that people relate. And a lot of people have that characteristic, you know, or, or want to develop it.
0: Okay, just a couple more things, if I can. Um, you sit down with Dana, and he says, "All right, Jorge, who do you want next? What do you want to do? What's the answer?"
1: Do Usman obviously. It's a no-brainer. Usman. um... Could they offer me bigger names and pay me more money? Yes, for a fact. But uh, if it's up to me, Usman, you know, for me stepping up in six, they noticed nobody else will. because a lot of people were saying that they would, but who else did it? Tell me who else really actually asked Dana. Who else was actually like, Hey, Master doesn't do it. I'm going to do it. I'm right here. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. You know, so, um, you know, if, if it's up to me, yeah, of course, Usman right away. And I don't care if, if they could offer me a bigger fight or not. I, I would like to fight Usman.
0: So Usman over Diaz to McGregor, mm-hmm. anyone like that. You,
1: that? you can tell me that McGregor right now would make XYZ dollars, the biggest pay-per-view event history, right? And I'm going to get paid forever. I feel I like got compensated well enough now that I keep making the right decisions I've been doing, and this money is forever money. So it's not about money, you know? It's about I want that damn belt, and I'm stubborn, and i and I know I'm better than Usman, and I want to prove it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight again. I'm not gonna take none from him. He won the first one. Let's do it again. Let's, uh, let's do it again, and that's it, you know. And after that, then then we could start whoever, whatever comes next after that. But Usman's the thing that I want the most. The immediate rematch is Usman for me, you know.
0: Do you think the UFC will be on board with that?
1: I don't know. We'll we'll talk to them. I I'm sure Usman would be on board because it, this is the the most money he's made, you know. His other pay per view, and this is just talking numbers, facts. So, this is not like they shot at him or not, but this is the actual truth. His actual last UFC had similar guys that were in the card now Max Holloway, um, Bokanowski, things like that. And same, similar formula. I wasn't added to that formula, and that card didn't do that well. I think it did under under 300,000, something like that. Now, this card does this well. I'm not trying to knock nobody on the card or anything, you know? Hmm. So, there, there, there has to be some recipe that was different from that other card. And, he has a brain. He knows probably some of that credit is due to me. So if he wants to make that big boy money again, come on, you got to run it back. Let's go. So on business, it makes sense, you know? So oh, let's see. Uh, I don't know what their management is thinking or what he's thinking, you know, but obviously it's what I want to do.
0: As you've probably seen, uh, talk of Burns now getting the shot because he was supposed to get the shot. What would you say to someone like him who says, hey, you know, the only reason why you got it now is because I. Tested positive, so it should be me versus Kamaro next.
1: I'm not gonna be addressing anybody. I, I care less. Everybody's gonna address me and say things, you know. Before the Usman fight, when I didn't take it, remember the thing was that I was scared of him. this guy would crush me immortally. Then I take the fight in six day notice. Obviously, I'm not scared of no man. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and, and diss people either. Is Gilbert good? Yeah, is Leon good? Yeah. Those guys are good, man. But I'm gonna vote for myself. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the money on me. I want to fight. I want to fight Usman next. And I, they could sit here and be like, well, you only got, like you were saying, because of Corona and this and that. Well, then I could just sit there and go, well, you only got to fight because I didn't want those numbers. You were willing to take lessons, so therefore you got less. You know? Wasn't meant to be, though. God didn't want it like that.
0: Do you want to fight again this year?
1: Yeah, as long as it's Usman, yeah.
0: Do you have a scheduled meeting with Dana?
1: Um, no, we just made it official, me and you. Somebody will okay. get back to Dana's to be like, I dodged my ass with all night. Don't, me, Don't I got that golf tournament or something? Yeah, he's probably going to go missing now. I should have just, you know, FaceTimed him first. giving him no chance to breathe.
0: But it is important to sit down face-to-face with him and, and talk and clear the air, maybe.
1: Well, they wanted to do something like that originally before this, the, this happened, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Hunter, you know, when, when it was either going to come here or they were going to take me to Vegas um, after the event, you know? And then all of a sudden, I get the call, right, for for the fight fell off and this and that. But we were going to have a meeting, and we we're going to talk again and, and have a face-to-face and share our side of the story, where we're coming from, and then we're going to, you know, tell me their side of the story.
0: You tweeted something about, hey, Reebok is done. Before we knew, we should talk about this. Well, they announced it right before your fight that it's Venom. Like, are you going to keep talking about these things that don't yeah. only affect you but affect everyone else now yeah. that – Used up ahead.
1: and I think uh, a bulk of the fighters except the UFC white knights will be on board with me right like you know what's going on I want to know what these numbers are i want to does it benefit us when when do we start getting a little bit like hey hell yeah you know I don't i do not hearing that some top 10 guy no matter what weight class he is whether I like the person or not is having to work a, a job I, I don't want hear that that upsets me none of my brothers and sisters that have already made it to the top 15 maybe if you're outside the top 15 i, I don't know where they should be in their pay but every top 15 guys should not have to have a part-time or full-time or any type of job they should be able to just do this concentrate on this day night, and night and that's it you know so obviously um i'm for the betterment of all from top to bottom you know and it's just the young guys might not understand that. and it takes them a couple years to to understand the system so with those guys this this might fly over the head but to the ones that already you know, seasoned and stuff and up, they they know what I'm talking about.
0: What did your dad say about the fight?
1: Uh I'm his son, right? So he loves me. He's like he knows what was going on behind the scenes. So he's happy man that I didn't get hurt. You know, um he loves me and he's very upset. It's a, it's a dad love thing. We've uh immediately cut some things off right away since I got back into town that he wants no longer around me. So he runs a tight ship when when I have fight camp. So I didn't have the the fight camp now. It wasn't a tight shit, you know, and he's very, he's more upset at himself than me in a way that, that he wasn't running that tight camp, even when I didn't have a fight camp, you know, I'm mm. still training and stuff, but uh, it could be stricter. And he's going to make sure to, to do this for I me. Mean, I, I had like a, like the fir- very first day I got mm-hmm. here, he pulled me aside to the kitchen. We had like a good conversation for like two hours. Wow. Stuff, you know, yeah, yeah. And, he was a little bit upset he almost maybe he loved, hugged me kissed me loved me told me how much he loved me but at the same time he wanted to give me a good one again like, in the stomach You, know? so like, <laughs> you know? um i felt his intensity man and, and spoke to my son he knows how to fucking rile me up and shit so uh yeah you know
0: by the way i saw abe your manager holding a, a phone in between rounds could you hear mike brown talking to you via facetime You're-
1: gibberish from from mike brown to him and at times i would hear because there was like people talking in my other ear people talking in the audience but abraham was able to say and i knew it was mike brown i was trying to focus in but the fatigue being i had like a pretty all-time high it wasn't my my how do you say cognitive skills weren't 100 you know
0: Mm. what a statement he put out when he you know spoke to the media when he spoke to us about not being out did you see what he wrote about you know being sad that he couldn't be there for you is it made me emotional reading it to be honest
1: Mike Brown has, uh, you know, we, we were teammates first, and we started becoming friends, and then he started coaching me, and he's a huge part of the corner. So it, it just, it sounds effed up, and you say to myself, but it's like I wasn't meant to win it because Mikey wasn't there, man. Yeah. Mikey, either when I win the belt, you know, yeah. even though I'm, I'm kind of dissing on myself, you know, but yeah, Mikey has to be there, man. He's, he's, uh, he's a huge factor. A lot of people say I have a large skill set, and a large part of that is because of Mike Brown and Mike Brown's brain, mm. you know. Even in striking-wise, um, which Mikey, that, that shows you how much he's learned because he was predominantly, he started off as a wrestler, then he became this wrestler that could submit guys, and then he became this wrestler that had a devastating right hand and mixed him with the submissions and good ground and good ground and pound. So Mike just kept evolving. He's a better striker now than he was when he was competing. You know, he's always training in the gym. He's always training with my coach in, in camps. He, he doesn't stop training, you know, so he'll make weight with me. And then he'll go do pads for like an hour with uh, my coach, Paulino Hernandez. And they'll both exchange ideas. Like, oh, look, I've been thinking of this. What do you think? And Mike Brown will tell him something. He'll be like, wow, that's an interesting way. let's try it like that. And he's constantly in the laboratory. So I think that's why he stays ahead of so many coaches because of his work ethic. You know, he really wants to learn everything. You know, And it's a testament why he's constantly – coach of the year. I felt he was coach of the year again last year, but obviously I'm biased, you know, but he had the most highest level names in, in the sport, you know? So obviously I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for Mike.
0: Okay. Last question. Um, so you've told us uh, about the fight week. You've told us what you want next. You want Usman. Uh, you want him later on this year. If it's up to you, you're going to talk to the UFC and, and hopefully for your sake, you get that done. My last question to you is, you know, th- that story of you and the drive through And you get the call when you're 19 years old to fight Ray in the backyard. And that's kind of where the legend of game bread and Jorge Masvidal is born. If I would have told that young man that less than 20 years later, he'd be one of the biggest pay-per-view draws in combat sports. And you would, you would turn into the star that you are today over a million buys and all that stuff. Would he have believed me or has this now exceeded all your hopes and dreams and expectations?
1: He would have said what, what took him so long. He would have said what took him so long. It took him a while to get there, you know? I was very um, dedicated then, made some wrong decisions and stuff. And it's took a while, obviously, as it, it, it shows now. But, uh, yeah, you know, I would have thought it would have came a little sooner in some aspects, you know, skill-wise, and things like that. Things that I was able to do, guys that I beat earlier in my career, I would have thought the paychecks would have been a little bigger earlier. But it's, uh, it's all coming back with interest now.
0: Congrats, Jorge. Well done to you. Uh, I know that you will be back. Thank you for the uh, the very exciting week and the entertaining uh, fight week and the the event. Everything was uh, just magnified because of uh, you stepping up. And uh, you know, congrats to Camaro as well. It was a fun fight to watch and cover. And I look forward uh, sometime soon seeing it again. So thanks, it's thanks as always, happen. and thanks for uh, what's that? It's gonna happen,
1: man. You just made it official on your show. <laughs> Take off, you know, and that's it, you know.
0: And thanks for keeping your word about talking after the fight as well.
1: You thanking me for that? as far as we go back. And it's funny because you're talking about numbers and stuff. After I lost, I've sent you a couple messages. You have, you have me blocked. I got one loss and now you blocked me. That yeah, right, yeah, right.
0: What? I used I to be able to text you direct when I have to go through your, your handlers.
1: The hand getting in. I think you blocked my ass, huh?
0: Yeah, right, not
1: There's me. There's five and you lose a fight, man. These guys, I tell you, man. Thank you, Jorge. Thank you, my brother.
0: So great stuff there from Game Bread Jorge Masvidal. Unfortunately for him, he loses on Saturday, but it doesn't really feel like he was much of a loser. Pay-per-view buy rates, according to multiple reports, did tremendously well. You can make a strong case right now that Jorge Masvidal is the second biggest draw in MMA. Conor McGregor and then him, and then Habib, and then maybe Nate Diaz. But a lot of people say that Habib is number two. Well, just compare these buy rates to Habib versus Poirier. This is way more impressive. Chabib was big because of Connor, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But let's be honest, Jorge on his own against the guy who is not a massive draw, and Kamar Usman, he could be in the future, but not right now. Seems to be a powerhouse. And I said a couple of weeks ago that uh, Jorge would add around five hundred thousand or so. Maybe I undershot it. Maybe I undersold it. Maybe it was more than that in the end. Uh, Jorge Masvidal is a massive star, and I don't feel like his stock has dropped all that much coming out of this fight. So it will be interesting to see if in fact the UFC does run it back right away. Do they do the Gilbert Burns fight? Do they listen to me and do Gilbert Burns versus Leon Edwards? Do they do Masvidal versus Diaz 2? There's a lot of options right now for the UFC. Business is good despite the fact that they can't have fans in attendance. After a show like that, you got to say that business is good. They're certainly capitalizing on the fact that they are running shows and other fight promotions and sports leagues aren't right now. So kudos to them. On that. Now, before we get to our next guest, Rose Namajunas,
2: <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here, and guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now, making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game, presented by Capital One.
0: And now my conversation with the victorious Doug Rose Namiunis. First off, Rose, thank you for the time and congrats on the big win Saturday night. Thank
3: you
4: so much. Yeah. So great. obviously,
0: <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, want to ask about how you're feeling. Uh, the, the black eye, the nose. First off, how is the nose feeling?
4: Uh, that hurts. That hurts. It uh, turns out my nose is broken. <laughs> uh, but everything else is good. My, like they were worried about my eye, but it's, everything's fine with my eye. Just my nose hurts.
0: Do you need surgery?
4: Um, yeah. Well, if it wasn't for my deviated septum, I think it'd be, it would be something that I could live with. But, um, yeah, that the deviated septum feels really uncomfortable.
0: Okay. Do you have yeah. surgery scheduled for the next few days?
4: No, so I'm uh, I have an appointment to see somebody on Friday to like kind of get all that figured out.
0: Okay, is it hard to breathe?
4: Um, sometimes, like actually, right now it's good. Okay, yeah, but sometimes it'll get stopped up.
0: How's the eye?
4: Uh, the eye feels good. Yeah, okay,
0: it's just uh, it's just colorful. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah.
4: It was really, it was really big before, but, uh, now it's, it's like drained a lot. Like it's, it's healing really fast.
0: Okay. And, and the flight back home, was it, you know, with the, with the pressure and everything, did that make it worse?
4: Yeah. Cause we didn't, um, we didn't really get a chance. Like, cause the fights ended, I was in the hospital at seven o'clock in the morning, which is weird. (laughs) And then, um, and then we got to, we were there for a while. We had to go they made us wear like all hazmat suits (laughs) because we were outside of the safe zone or whatever. And, uh, it took us a while to get back. And then we had to quarantine in our room at the hotel and they wouldn't even let us go back to the room we were staying in. So we had to have our teammate or Chico pack up our stuff for us. And then, um, and we just had to wait until the airport, but it was, we didn't really get that much time in between going to the airport from the flight or from the fight. So it was, it was a lot of pressure, like, in the air for 15 hours too. It's a long time.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, would would you have liked to have chilled out a day or two to let the swelling go down? Or were you happy to go home right away?
4: I mean, yeah, there's, there's always like, yeah, that would have been nice, but it's always, I'm always like ready to come home. I guess if we were like in Hawaii or something, I don't know. I feel like if we're a little closer to home or if there were things that were open, but I just, and yeah, there's things we could have did, but I just like, I'm so ready to get home after a fight.
0: (laughs) yeah um so i guess some people like to party and celebrate you guys just like to get back to your uh your your home which i respect Yeah, that's where the
4: party is that's right that's (laughs) right we did did have a good time and um like when we when we landed in vegas uh we had a good time because we had to stay at the hotel and it was yeah it was just fun we just you know stayed up all night talking about the fight and stuff and it was good uh plus like vegas is kind of like a second home for me so i i feel really comfortable there and um yeah, I can't sleep after a fight, anyways. It usually takes me a day or two, so we just stayed up all night, just laughing, joking.
0: By the way, speaking of uh, being comfortable, I know you know when we talked before the fight, you were saying, ah, eh, you know, initially I didn't love the idea of going overseas and it's so far away. Overall, how was the experience in Abu Dhabi for you?
4: Um, it was challenging, but it was also very rewarding. Uh, there was there was lots of ups and downs, like. <laughs> uh, the flight there was the one thing that I was like, I was crossing my fingers, like, cause we didn't really get told like the situation. Like we kind of had to just take a leap of faith that everything was going to be safe. Everything's going to be cool. Um, going there, like the conditions, like we had nothing to base it off of. So, um, I was crossing my fingers that we were going to get like a decent, like accommodation for flying that long. But I also know that like you know, there's a chance we might be, we might be with the luggage, just <laughs> uncomfortable and shit, but no, but uh, yeah, I was super, like, when we got first class seats, and it was like that nice, I was like, su- super, like, I felt like royalty, and I felt like really excited to go and, and do some work, and like, I was there was a huge incentive for me, and then once we got to the hotel, it got a little chaotic, there was a bunch of like, I think just because it was the first event there, there was a lot of things that were not accommodating. Like, you know, because our sleep schedule had to be, we slept during the day and then we'd be up at night because we fight at six in the morning. So there was just, the food would come at all odd hours. Like everybody would like be knocking on our doors. Like we had to do like, like sometimes, well, the schedule at first was like interviews during the day and it's like, that's when I'm sleeping, you know? So Mm. There was things that we had to like adjust to. And then, and then I think once once like enough people started complaining, it was like it started to change a little bit because it was just like, this is ridiculous. Like I think because, yeah, it's just hard to, to think of all those things before you get there. And then, um, but it got better towards the end of the week.
0: Being stuck in the room for 48 hours as well, like in Vegas and then in Abu Dhabi, that might be frustrating, I would imagine too, when you're trying to like work out before a fight and everything like that.
4: Um, it was a little frustrating. However, I I hit a really good workout like before I left. Like I I ran like like six miles, and then we did like a little bit of moving around and stuff before flying to Vegas. That like I was ready for like two days off. Okay. But um, however, uh, normally like I kind of I'm kind of used to keeping to myself during fight week anyway. Like any chance that I can get. However, um, I think the the fact that they're like so so it wasn't too hard for me to make that adjustment because I'm like, great, we just sit in our room, we don't have to go nowhere. However, um the fact that we couldn't, like there was just like there was limited things to do, then it kinda made it like, hey, I kinda wanna do go somewhere, you know? Like, but uh we went out we went for a walk outside, like one day, like before the sunrise and one time during the day and that was way too hot. So it was like there's nothing to do anyways. <laughs>
0: How are you feeling like right before the fight in, in the locker room? This was your first fight back fighting the same person who just, you know, beat you and took your belt away yeah. and all that. What were the the emotions and the nerves like right before the fight?
4: So this is probably, I only had one other fight where I was like the least amount of nervous, like I was this time. Um, and that's when I fought random Marcos and ultimate fighters. I was like every other fight. I would just been a mess. Um, but this time I was just so content with and proud of myself for all the improvements that I've made and just the growth that I made that like, I was just okay with whatever, you know? And, um, and, uh, I say the only time I really, it hit me that I was like, the nerves hit me was Friday, like the weigh-ins. I was just like, I didn't get good sleep. Cause the sleep was, or the weigh-ins was during sleep hours. And it was just, it was a mess, but, um, or I was a mess at that time. And then the nerves started getting in, but, and then even if day there was a little bit of nerves, but um, other than that, I was, I was really calm and, and just enjoying myself as much as possible. And then uh, the locker room, once we got to the arena though, that was the best energy. Like it was really good. We had, you know, like I think it was one of the Russian dudes in there before me. And then it was Max Holloway and Kamaru. And it was just a really good vibe in there. And I really enjoyed it. And I think a big part of that, like it reminded me of being at home because um, the garage, or the garage that I turned into a gym, I made that because I I really enjoyed training in there for this training camp because it reminded me of a locker room feel because it's like kind of a similar size and it just it really prepared me for getting in the right state of
2: mind. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here, and guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now, making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate.
0: So I think most people uh, thought it was like a tale of two fights. First two rounds clearly went to you, third round to her. Uh, Ultimately, you win via decision. Uh, Let's talk about the first two rounds uh, because I was getting flashbacks of that, of that first fight against her in that first round. Again, (laughs) the striking was, was beautiful to watch. You seemed on point. You seemed comfortable. You were fluid. You were, you were, I mean, you were just, you were feeling it out there. Did you like what you were doing? Did you like the way those first two rounds went?
4: I loved it. Yeah. And um, I loved it. Even considering how good Andra's like how many, how much improvement she had made. Like I still was, I still was, Uh, very happy with the level of, you know, prepared that I was even given all that. So, um, yeah, I I, I was really happy with everything. Um, Going into the third, I knew she was going to come out a little desperate and, you know, so that was also like anticipating that was definitely like, Ooh, okay, here we go. Gotta be extra sharp. You know what I mean? And and then obviously like uh, I got caught, you know? Um, But overall I was like, I was just so proud of myself, you know?
0: So second straight time that you fight someone back to back, right? Like the same thing happened with Yuana. now her. Do do you, do you like that experience of getting familiar (laughs) with the opponent or are you, are you ready for a complete change now?
4: I mean, obviously I think, you know, um, yeah, it's definitely like rematches are challenging. Like they're super hard because, you they learn you you learn them and there's just a lot of thinking going into it however i'm a master at that like i'm a genius as far as like my fight iq and stuff so um so i think it does work in my favor but yeah it is a little more extra challenging um those fights but obviously i'm successful in all of my rematches so um so it's something that i i was excited about but at the same time i know it's gonna be a little daunting because (laughs) i was trying to think of like what can she come with um in this fight that she how can she improve like how what is she going to come differently with because there's always gonna be something different but she always kind of fights the same way like even throughout like her almost 30 fights you know she she's very like looks very similar every time so i couldn't really think of anything other than like maybe she could throw some high kicks <laughs> and then for her to come out with that head movement and then come up with that uppercut like you she never, never does drew, uppercuts. she never threw an uppercut ever so for her to do that kind of was like, wow, you know what I mean? Like I didn't think of that. So, um, that took me by surprise, but yeah, I mean, I was still so prepared myself that it was just awesome. Yeah. Like I was able to, I was able to deal with that, you know?
0: Yeah. The head movement was a little different, but it seemed like you were able to, uh, to find the target more often than not, especially in those first two rounds. Um, that was, that was the first time in a little over two years that you got your hand raised. Did you miss that feeling? Uh, for those that have never experienced that, like you go through a whole training camp and everything you've been through, and then you finally have that relief. Did you miss yeah. that, that sensation?
4: Oh, yeah. Every day, you know, I think it's just, it's one of those things where I just had to, I had to take my, I was forced to take my time and I didn't really want to, but I knew that was the right decision. Like I want to just get right back in or just, you know, do it again. But it's like, no, like I have to be a hundred percent ready. Like I have to make sure that I make all of the realizations and the mental growth that I need. So. um so yeah, like I,
0: don't know. <laughs> I noticed that uh Pat Barry was was your chief cornerman this time and uh he was in the cage with you in between rounds. Trevor was behind why the switch for this particular fight?
4: Well, um I think it was just time, you know, like uh there's just different phases you go through your career and I think the um I mean, we still we still use a lot of the same like a lot of Trevor's work came out into that fight, but it's just that we've 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 relied on him for so long heavily that um it was just time for and it was also I was able to hear like me and Pat's communication became a lot stronger and better um because like there are certain things that I was you know asking for for so long, and then he was trying to tell me for so long that we finally started listening to each other and understanding each other, so like then I was able to actually implement his style and learn from him more so it was just more of like more taking advantage of the the missed time I guess over this you know however long because I mean he's he's actually been the head coach this whole time since I started you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's just he because I couldn't listen to him all the time or because we maybe have a miscommunications or whatever like and I think it was just time also like me and Trevor was Flowing so well, and and there's so many valuable things that I learned from him. That um, that's just what was I guess the phase.
0: So is this the plan moving forward, at least for now?
4: I mean, you know, every day is uh, you just take one day at a time. You know what I mean? Like uh, that like everything was perfect actually. Like um, just like the whole corner, like it was just the perfect dynamic. Uh, Cause Trevor and Pat are they're two opposite styles, you know, but they're, but they complement each other so well. And, um, because like Trevor, his, his strength is, you know, his specialty is boxing, you know, for MMA, but like he, he's, uh, he's so well at that. He's so good at that. And then Pat's like his specialty is like kickboxing. It's totally different style. It's like, you know, standing your ground. It's like, you know, having, having, um, not as much movement, you know? And like, so, um, just, Blending those two things together was perfect.
0: There was one point in the fight. um I don't know if you've, you've, have you watched it back yet?
4: Yeah. My, well, watching it now. Actually, yeah, it's not right now. Really? <laughs> wow, now. that's
0: amazing. Uh, how many times have you watched it?
4: One hundred.
0: <laughs> is that is that common for you guys?
2: Yep. Yeah. But
4: not like this one. No. Well, no. this one. This there's just good. so many things to like see in it. You know, okay. things that I didn't like see before you know like just new little details that this you fight, see this, this one is different too like i definitely like this... i became a different person coming out of that that's one of those fights where you you're a different person after that you know really what I
0: mean? how so how have you changed
4: uh just i know itty bitty rose no more. i ain't no kid no more you know <laughs> girl you feel
0: like you've matured yeah because of this fight Mm-hmm. Because you had to dig down deep because of everything you've been through? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I
4: think. And it's just like, you know, I, uh, I I, think I did have a little bit of like, one of the fears that I had going into this fight was like, because I knew I'm a, you know, I know I'm, I'm tough as hell. I know that I've pulled through some stuff. I've dealt with a lot of challenges and, and overcome lots of stuff. But when I've overcame those things, I, like, there's a part of me that, like, was surprised kind of like, by me being able to do that like okay well here it goes like here goes nothing whereas like me going into that I was like fully confident like I'm about to do this like it might be might run into some walls might be scary I know it's gonna be scary but I'm just gonna run through the wall and like uh, so having that confidence going into that like it, it just was more validating I guess
0: That that is great to hear I was gonna ask about there was one point where they they put the mic on on your corner and Pat in particular in the middle of the fight. And he was shouting out just positive stuff. And then Michael who was calling the fight said, you know, this is what I like to hear from a corner, positive reinforcement, not talking so much, not a lot of coaching, just, you know, yeah. packing up the fighter and all that. Do you, were you able to hear that because I was wondering about Pat because he has such a, a loud voice and it was an empty arena. If maybe yeah, yeah. Now you could hear him more than if you're fighting in front of like, you know, 18,000 people in a packed arena
4: yeah I think a lot of the times like when it's packed, I can hear like specific things like certain combinations, and it's it's crazy how he'll actually call out like the finished shot or like like he'll call it before it call, like the opening is, it's it's kind of crazy how he sees it like before it happens but um and so those are like just a little bitty bitty things that I hear, but this time i I could hear him a lot more and um yeah,
0: well, people were mm-hmm. um very complimentary of of your striking and uh i came across a boxing promoter lou de i don't know if you know who he is yeah
4: i saw his tweet yeah
0: yeah and and i and i was like man he's right he's 100 percent right is that something yeah. that you would love to do and and for those that missed it basically said that like your striking is so good you can have a great career in uh in pro boxing it's kind of funny we just had yesterday uh, the first female main event in top rank espn history yeah. michaela Mayer uh was yes. the first so i yeah. trained with
4: her you know i've trained with That's her right. in the past and um, you know, I can hang with her, With I mean, it's, she's, she's a tough, like she is, she's got a lot of attitude. She's hard to deal with, but yeah, she's, um, I've trained with her and she's a super athlete and stuff. So yeah, I would, that, that's something that I've, I've thought about, you know, before,
0: but, uh,
4: I love MMA, dude. I, I'm so like, I'm so passionate about it. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, you never know.
0: <laughs> right. So obviously yeah,
4: I love, I love MMA though.
0: Of course, of course. Um, So so you win. Obviously, you have to heal up. But is Zhang Weili next? Are you fighting for the belt next?
4: Well, I I mean, I would think so. We haven't really talked about it yet, but I mean, that's definitely the plan.
0: Is that what you want?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Would you
0: like to fight again this year?
4: Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the plan going into it. Um, I just had to, you know, get this nose fixed first. We'll see how. I don't know, like, what the recovery time is or whatever, you
0: know. Did Dana or anyone at the UFC say that's what they want as well?
2: We haven't talked to anybody about anything. Yeah, they've
4: been they've been kind of like let me chill. <laughs> well,
2: Fair it, enough. We, we haven't. There's nothing been talked about. Nothing from nobody. Yeah, Fair I enough. Know. Fair Great. enough. They like really no, not it hasn't even come up.
4: I think it's just so yeah. like there's like there's a lot of shit going on right now. There's, there's like, a lot no of stuff. To, to talk about nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, a lot of people are. Um, I mean, the shoot. There's there's fights you know there's still fights going on so
2: yeah we walked, um, in, we, we walked in we fought we walked out like it was yeah was No time. i'm sure after the at least next two shows are over maybe conversations will happen but
4: not like is a lot that happens so yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah but i was just curious if that's what you wanted as well and it sounds like that is what you yeah. want um which yeah. i think a lot of fans would be uh very excited about and get behind it seems like it's the fight that makes the most sense um For i'm sure. just curious how do you uh? How do you think that fight goes? I know it's very premature now, but have you at least thought of her, watching her, her style? How do you like the matchup?
4: A little bit. I mean, yeah. I've, ever since I fought, I mean, ever since I saw her fight uh, Tisha, I've been kind of like you know scouting her out a little bit, and um, I think it's just gonna be you know a beautiful display of mixed martial arts. Like I mean, she's a master. I'm a master. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be, you know, I'm definitely have to have a lot more time to think about it. <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't know if uh, you saw the clip, but uh, Daniel Cormier and I were talking about um, you versus her potentially on, on my show on Monday. Uh, yes. I think it's a, a very competitive fight. He said he thinks that she's on a different level right now. Who's right, me or him?
4: <laughs> well, you know, you know me. I mean, I think <laughs> at this point I would... I feel like at this point, people would kind of like be like, man, every time, every time Rose editor, dog, she just proved everybody wrong. So, you know what I mean? Like, I would think that would catch on by now, but I guess not.
2: <laughs> I saw the game planning for Whaley in the hospital in Abu
4: Dhabi. Oh, yeah. we Yeah, we came up with really? that.
2: Really? Yeah. We started game planning for Whaley in the hospital in Abu, but Abu Dhabi. But
4: I also know, I mean, I know she's hitting sets right now, too, so I know she don't sleep.
2: I mean, she's, she's been through <laughs> so, She's never taken like you yeah. know Will's never taking a day off ever. She's training right now. She watched that fight. She knows like everybody yeah. like that. We don't know we don't know what's next, but that seems like that would be what's next. We started game planning for that fight in the hospital an hour after the fight.
4: Yeah. So I mean, like I said, I would like I, I've been saying her for a long time. I I would love to I would love to fight her. But I mean she's she's awesome. You know, like she's uh She's really really technical, really strong, just really overall like a master. So, yeah, that's that's something that interests me a lot.
0: Is there something in particular about her style that impresses you?
4: Um just like her cultural like you could just see like just the culture that she, you know, grows up in it's you can really it shows in her style like just um the the discipline just like the she's like a robot you know what I mean like she just she's like a cyborg like machine you know
0: Mm. yeah have you you ever met she I don't know if you saw she uh, paid you a compliment she feels like you're um, a true martial artist she told me uh have you ever met her before uh
4: I can't I can't remember I feel like we may have like quickly just met really quickly but honestly like um yeah I don't I don't totally remember but maybe not
0: Okay. Um, All right. So that's what we want. Hopefully by the end of the year, if everything goes to plan, uh, that is great news. I think a lot of people will be behind that. I just wanted to ask you before uh, I let you go after the fight in the post fight interview, um, you told John Anik that you're going to donate your fight kit. And all the yeah. posts are going to go to Susie Freeton, who's a longtime time UFC um, employee who is beloved by everyone who's going through a really hard time right now. So I just wanted to commend you on that. And, and thank, thank you. you know, I think it's an amazing thing that you've, uh, you've done. Do you have any uh, more information that people can find out about this or how they can get behind it?
4: Yeah. So I'll be making a post really soon here. I just, you know, um, there's been a lot, you know, I had to just go sure. to like a hospital and all that stuff. So I, I've been doing a lot of stuff, but, uh, uh I'll be working on that very soon. Just you know, go to my Instagram and just watch out for the next post that I make. Um I'll make a video just kinda uh giving more information on that.
0: You guys close?
4: Oh yeah, yeah. We uh we we hung out many times before, you know. So um she she was kind enough for us to like hang out at her house and you know, she I love her dogs, they're so cute. You know, she's a, she's a really cool lady and we've we've been known her for a year so um, I just feel like, um, and a lot of other fighters, you know, I think we all kind of love Susie because we're all, like, stressed out during fight week, and, and she's one of the many, like, uh, one of the few people that, like, part of the staff that um, during fight week is a source of comfort during right. fight week, you know, just just that's a good energy, so, um, yeah.
0: Well, thank you as always for the time, Rose. Appreciate it very much. Uh, I hope you make a speedy recovery. Congratulations on the win. So great to see you back. Uh, great to see you, you know, uh, with a smile and getting your hand raised and what a great performance it was. So I hope you get that title shot as well. And thank you to, uh, to Pat and, and, and congrats to the entire team for the great performance Saturday. Thank you. Great, thoughtful stuff as always from Rose Namunas. Appreciate the appearance or two from Pat Barry as well. Congratulations to the both of them on the bounce back win. And uh, I kind of feel like they have to go the route of Rose versus Zhang Wei Lee. What a great fight that would be. I disagree with Daniel Cormier. I think it would be a very close fight, a very interesting fight, an entertaining fight. And I and I and I revealed this on Monday. I love watching. When Rose is on point, when she is feeling good, in my opinion, she's top five most exciting fighters in the UFC. Maybe not in the sense that she's going to knock someone out in five seconds, but... From a technical standpoint, from a just pure fighting standpoint, uh, in my opinion, she's one of the most fun to watch. So a great win, a great victory, a great performance, a great showing from her and Andrade as well. Andrade looked good in that fight, especially in the the third round. As we noted in the interview, head movement was on point through a couple of different things. But in the end, Rose was uh, the better fighter, as I thought she was the first time that they fought back in May of 2019. Unfortunately, that time... Uh, Rose got slammed on her head and and got knocked out. So we'll see if they do, in fact, book that Zhang Lee versus Rose Namunis fight. Appreciate her stopping by as well. All right, now time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time for TST's Minimalist Tip of the Week, and it is brought to you, as always, by Modelo. Modelo Especial. Setting the gold standard for authentic Mexican beer since 1925. Modelo brewed for those with a fighting spirit.
2: TST's Minimalist Tip of the Week.
3: Ariel, for this week's tip, I wish to begin with a quote. The quote is from the great Roman philosopher Seneca, who died around the year 65 AD. So this holds up over time. Wow, this is big. You you actually did like some research. Oh, this is big. No person has the power to have everything they want, but it is in their power not to want what they don't have, and to cheerfully put to good use what they do have. So, if you don't know, Ariel, listeners, Seneca is a ancient Roman philosopher most known for the philosophy, for practicing the philosophy of Stoicism. He and Marcus Aurelius are uh, the big two practitioners of this philosophy. Now, before you, roll, you know, roll your eyes with all this philosophy talk, I want you to hear me out, because this quote sounds very minimalist in nature, because minimalism is, if you didn't know, it's an offshoot of Stoicism, And at its most basic, what Stoicism is, is that uh, you choose not to control or rely on external events. Instead, choosing to control your mind and your behavior um, and in the spirit of minimalism, what and who you bring into your lives. And so many famous figures are known for practicing Stoicism, Ariel, like George Washington, Ralph Waldo Emerson, Adam Smith. And those who do practice it suggest it as the key to happiness, to wisdom and to leading a better life. That Stoicism uh, can do that. And so if you have enjoyed the minimalist principles that we've been laying out for the past several months, then I would recommend taking a deep dive into Stoicism because I firmly believe many of its principles, which I've I researched a little bit about courage, justice, wisdom, and just letting go, which is a core tenet of minimalism, uh, can lead everyone to a better personal, professional, and spiritual life. About letting go, taking the emotions out of so many of the things we do, removing pleasure and pain from everyday situations. And that's a lot about what minimalism is about. So, if you want to get to know more about Stoicism, uh, like I do, and like I continue to plan on doing, there's a lot of books out there by Seneca, by Marcus Aurelius, these ancient philosophers, and there's a lot of modern interpretations of it uh, as well. I know Ryan Holiday is a big figure in this space today. He has a really cool website called DailyStoic.com, and uh, that I you know get some newsletters from. So, minimalism, people think it's trendy, people think it's this new idea, but it's really been around literally since the days of Seneca. So. Don't come at me before telling me it's a trend and that I'm like some Johnny come lately this because this has been around forever.
0: Two things. Uh, number one, when I think of stoicism, I don't think of Seneca or Marcus Aurelius or any of these people. I think of like Fyodor Armelianenko, Gegard Musasi. You know, those are stoic individuals, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. Number two, love the fact that when we did our uh, virtual show, and by the way, thank you to everyone who joined us last Friday. It was a great turnout. It was a great time. I won. The uh, the trivia challenge against New York Rick in a very one sided drubbing, if you will. Um, I love the fact that we were, you know, when we were setting it up uh, before we went live, uh, DC said uh, that you were the minimalist of the team. He was introducing you to someone or bringing it up. I love that because that's what I do anytime I introduce you to someone. So it seems like we're birds of a feather, if you know what I'm saying. Because it really is. You claim that it's not you know, what you're all about. But meanwhile, it really is what you're all about. And I say you own that. I say that
3: you, yeah, uh, you wear that. It's, a, it's a big part of my life. A lot of the principles uh, that minimalists abide by are a lot of the principles that uh, I live my life by. Now, speaking of DC, we have a review here, a five-star review from Benny. He says, title, love it, five stars. You two are great together. I think he's referring to you in DC, not me and you. Mm-hmm. Always the best part of my Mondays when this uploads. We also have another one from G Fresh. Ariel is the greatest. Five stars. Second to none on MMA for years. Ariel is the person I trust for excellent MMA journalism. The goat emoji.
0: Wow. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that very much, and I appreciate everyone who continues to download, rate, review, subscribe. We continue to climb the charts worldwide, but I feel like we could do better, and you can actually help us do better by downloading... Rating, reviewing, subscribing, all that stuff and more. We got a lot coming your way. Mondays, DC and Hawani. We will react to uh, Saturday night's card. Davidson Figueredo against Joseph Benavides. Get you set for Whitaker Till next Monday. And of course, we're back on Wednesdays. It's a nice little thing we got going on here. So we appreciate your support and we appreciate you guys tuning in and downloading and doing all that you do to uh, help us continue to do all of this for you for now though we are out of time thank you very much tst thank you very much jorge masvidal thank you very much and congratulations to rose namayunas thanks to all of you as always enjoy the fights on saturday night i'll be back on monday with daniel cormier to talk about them all for now though enjoy the rest of your weekend as well thank you for listening i'll talk to you soon